They always bring up the lion. No matter who's talking about Minute Bowl, teammate, relative, fan, or friend, whenever they tell stories, they inevitably end up at the time he killed the lion. Depending on where it's told, the story takes different forms. Sitting under a tree one afternoon near the Bowl family's home in Turile, Sudan, his uncle Bol Chol Bol tells it to me like this. Manute, a towering teenager charged with caring for his village's cattle, saw a lion running across the pasture, hungry and desperate for blood. The lion leapt and Bol launched a spear, goring the predator in midair. Bol Chol Bol tells the story with no hint of hyperbole, no knowing smile. This is the Manute his village knew. Benevolent, fearless, almost superhuman. The version commonly told in his adopted home, the United States, repeated in newspaper articles and by close friends, has Bull catching the lion while it was sleeping. Aware that the animal, which had bedded down close to the cattle, might attack if it awoke, he thrust in his spear when he had the chance. Some fans take the legend even further, claiming he used only his bare hands. That's the way singer Ken Queter tells it as he tours East Coast bars playing The Ballad of Minute Bull, a peon to one of the NBA's most lovable stars. Queter may have taken some artistic liberties when he wrote the lyrics in the 80s, but when he starts playing and drunk college kids start screaming, there is only one truth. Bull wielded his hands as weapons, his strength and savagery and indomitable will rendering nature's fiercest predator lifeless in his grasp. When Manupol came to the United States from Sudan in 1983, the lion story arrived with him. When he became the NBA's first African-born player, it served as the perfect anecdote to help Americans understand one of the strangest men they'd ever seen, a man who came from a country lodged only faintly in their consciousness. Bull was tall, seven feet seven inches, so tall he needed to duck his head beneath door frames and barely had to strain to dunk the ball through the net. So tall he towered over the seven-footers who dominated the NBA. And Bull was skinny, 185 pounds when he arrived stateside. So skinny his skeleton looked unprotected by flesh, covered only by skin and spindly muscle, each limb a twig with just enough support to keep the body functioning. Skinny enough that Woody Allen once joked, Manute Bull is so skinny they save money on road trips. They just fax him from city to city. Bull was also black, so black to American journalists' eyes that they devised new ways to say black. A moonless midnight, darker than dark, phrases intended to signal that Bull's skin color was that of a warrior, a tribesman, from a land unseen and a people unknown. Bull's was the black of a man who killed a lion. In the canon of Manute Bull mythology, the tale of the lion is but one volume. The others spring from storytellers scattered across two continents, each emphasizing a different aspect of Bull's complex and multifarious life. He had this swagger, a former NBA player begins, this incredible stature about him. Others focus less on Bull's personality and more on his actions. According to his daughter, he would do anything for his people. I would never say a bad word about Manute, remarks his agent, but I've got to tell you, he abandoned his family. His uncle introduces listeners to Bull by speaking about how strong he was as a baby. An American friend starts off by saying how weak he was in his final days. In Turile, a young generation of boys grew up learning about Bull's triumphs in a distant land. He was rich, a nephew remembers hearing as a child. He was famous. To many at home, however, success abroad mattered little. Manute, says a fellow countryman, is Sudan. Bull lived a life befitting a man of such an outsized body. 
At any given moment, you could find him on a basketball court or a television screen, in a congressional meeting or a war zone, in a hut or a mansion. He sometimes gambled. He often boozed. No matter the backdrop, he always worked to ensure that those around him were happy. In time, his bonds with teammates on the court, winning games and entertaining fans, would be replaced by one with a young man from his war-torn village, fighting to educate their people and free their homeland. But every moment, he was meticulously crafting the legend of Manute Bull. Not everyone bought the lion story. When Bull played for the Philadelphia 76ers in the early 90s, his teammate Charles Barkley walked into the locker room one day saying that he'd just read about the lion feet in a newspaper. Barkley looked across the room at Bull. Man, you didn't kill no lion, he said. That lion was old and dead when you showed up. Teammates laughed and waited for Bull's response, but he neither confirmed nor denied the accusation. In the locker room, he wasn't a cattle tender. He wasn't an African. He was a ball player. 